So Camille, why don't you start with what led up to you being in a coma? Sure. So it was 2012. And in August, I was um, diagnosed with forced stage heart failure. I had been at home and experienced a lot of swelling in my body. And so I had already come from a lot of heart problems all my life, honestly. So I just had um, things I'd always dealt with. So when I experienced swelling, that was my first thought was it's got to be something heart related. So I started going to the doctor there in Portland, Oregon, and um, they diagnosed me quickly thereafter in August of 2012 with fourth stage heart failure. And then um, I was just blown away because they said I had a year to live without a heart transplant. So I went home. I was completely devastated as any 38 year old woman would be or 37. I think at that. No, I just turned 38 year old woman would be and started thinking really heavily about my life, my relationship with God. And I was praying to him one night and he just told me to pray like you never have before because you don't want someone else's heart. So that that kind of began the whole process of me getting extremely close to the Lord at that point. Then comes March of 2013. I had had complete body soreness all day and all this swelling. And uh, like the swelling, I mean, I always say edema is one of the most underrated pains in the world. It was it felt like literally my my skin and everything was going to blow up. It was just horrible. But um, I had combined with that the body soreness. And then on the third day of being home, just thinking it's the flu or something. Uh, third day, I went to the bathroom and then it was complete blood. And then I started getting really uh, dizzy. And then I just told my husband at the time, call the ambulance, call 911 is what I said. They came and this lady, she came in and I've always thought this was extremely demonic because she was fighting to get me to stay home. And and then um, my ex said, you're taking her. (laughs) And then I got in the ambulance with her and she just the first thing she told me when I was crying because I hurt so bad was you better shut up or I'm shoving something down your throat. Uh, into your throat is her words. Yeah. And so then, um, gosh, it was a long time before I woke up, but I remember the pain. I would, I would kind of wake and and then go back in. Um, but my leg, uh, I found out I had multiple strokes and, uh, my leg had died, my left leg below the knee and also my right toes. And, uh, so during this time, because of all the strokes, I was sent into a um, a non-medically induced coma. Okay. And that was crazy. And this actually happened. What I'm about to tell you happened as soon as the stroke started. So it didn't even take me going into the coma, but as soon as the stroke started, I couldn't comprehend it. I was gone as far as mentally. And I remember at that point being sent automatically to three realms and they were down. So they were going toward hell. So the first realm I was put in was they're all like earth, but every single one darker than the one before it. And I've heard people mention like um, in hell, there being holograms and different things like that. And it really felt like that, Um, but more real than real. It's it's so strange to try to explain to people. But the first realm, um, I was trafficked by a family member and I would. the reason why I know it wasn't a dream is because I could see a 360 degree uh, vision of myself. Like there was no time at all 
when I felt like I couldn't see everything and hear everything going on. Even when I was passed out on the couch and people were um, sexually assaulting me. And that is one point I like to make. And uh, this part is not for children, but um, is that no one that hasn't experienced any part of hell uh, can quite imagine how sexually charged these demons are, how it, how it thrills them to uh, their perverse ways and to hurt the children of God, especially. So because Jesus, I know I have no doubt this whole time Satan knew I was the Lord's. He was just trying to torture me, I believe. So I always often also say that if anybody knows anybody that is in a coma to just pray scripture over them constantly because they're battling things in that coma. And so during this one um, and and it was just so incredibly real that I had PTSD for years. So in this first realm, I was I was tormented multiple times, drugged, all kinds of stuff. And then all of a sudden I'd be thrown out and by some, a force I couldn't ever comprehend. Um, I'd be thrown out. And then I remember looking around me and it was all black. And then I was falling, though. But I was falling. But I was instead of you think as you're falling, you'd go like that. I was actually like that because I had demons on each side, six demons on each side grabbing me and they were um, tearing my skin off and my tendons were like hanging and I'll never forget my flesh hanging. And these demons were so strange. They were um, smaller and they also were green like slime colored. They reminded me of and they also would stretch their bodies trying to get me into hell. And because um here in the corner, the right corner was Satan. <laughs> and he kept on whispering, just get her down here. She'll never know she doesn't belong. Then I was thrown into the second realm. The second realm, I was tortured there by um, my ex was in the military. And he would often uh, joke with me about blowing things up and, and killing people and, you know, all these kind of weird things. And um, he, I was pregnant. I was pregnant and he was having an affair, but he was trying to kill me at the same time by blowing me up. And <laughs> I mean, every single detail, like I can't remember what I did yesterday <laughs> half the time, but every detail of all three realms, I will always remember. It is so vivid in my mind, but I remember him just throwing bombs and me trying to escape. And uh, the little boat, because there was like water all around this like shack. I was in this huge like military shack and I was trying to escape. And um, I had him doing that then. Then all of a sudden it would be back out, back out to the outer darkness is what I found out it was. So as I'm falling to the through the outer darkness, demons doing the same thing. I know there's instinctively that they're getting a reward of some kind. That's why they were fighting so hard over my body. And then Satan's still whispering on the right-hand side. But I hadn't seen him yet. It's so black there. It's um, and, and just like the word says, it's a blackness you can feel. It's like a, a penetrating evil. Like it's just the craziest thing you can imagine. And uh, then I'd be falling and, and knowing where I'm going instinctively. But for whatever reason, I didn't think of God. I didn't think I didn't have the capability to. And I don't know if it was because the torture was so significant 
but I had no comprehension of, of him. And I still to this day truly believe it was so I could show his glory in the fact that he rescues us when we don't even think about him. And so then I go back into the third realm and that was the worst by far. Um, I was, I was tied to a bed. Um, and as you're being tortured in hell or on your way, <laughs> um, which is probably the scariest part to me, honestly, is that even on the way they torture you and they love it. Um, I could see them as they would they, or army, <laughs> I guess for YouTube, but they would do things to me. I could see a whole 360 degree view and see how they're enjoying it. the enjoyment they had in it was frightening. And, um, and then I had two other girls in the house too. And it was, it was just incredible, <laughs> but they, I could hear their screams as well. And there was always the 12. And so they would turn in to demons and man, they would go back and forth. And mm -hmm. when they were in these earth type realms, so I knew what they were this whole time. And then I'd be thrown back out. And when I was thrown out, I still had the same thing going on. The third time I could see Satan. I saw Satan and he was to the right and he just kept whispering, just get her down here. She'll never know she doesn't belong. <laughs> and what's crazy is that was true. <laughs> and then because I knew once you leave your, your um, body at all, you know what, what eternity is and you know what um, the length of it, you know, and you know that you deserve to go where the fallen angels go. You just know that because of your sin, that if you're not, you know, I didn't have the capability again to think of God at that point. Um, you just know that's where you belong. So then on the third, well, he's whispering this. And to describe him quickly, because it was so evil, I remember trying not to look in his direction, but he, um, you can't avoid it. You can't avoid it when you're out of your body, because it's a whole, like I said, the whole view of everything and, and penetrating view. So you will see things far off. You see things up close in a different way. Um, it's just, wow, it's just incredible. So He's whispering this. And then it came, he came to me like, I don't know if he moved closer. I don't think he did. I think I just finally grasped it, but he um, had this black fur and he looked like a lamb with a wolf head. And he had this black fur or I call it fur, but it doesn't, it's just disgusting, but it was almost like wool, but it was all slimed throughout it. Like a white gooey slime. And then his eyes, he was a black wolf too on the head. And his eyes had, um, had were little red beams, just straight red beams that would like penetrate you. It was the creepiest thing. And he was still saying to the demons, just get her down here. She'll never know she doesn't belong. Well, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> the last time he said that, I, we all felt this being come above us. <laughs> And this being was great. <laughs> like you just knew instinctively how huge this being was. And he went and he stood above us and he puts his feet out and he goes like this and he looks down at us and he shakes his head and says, I don't think so. And then we, uh, we had all, as soon as he started talking, we all went up with our heads. And so yeah. whatever reason, I didn't even let him finish God. Um, didn't have him finish talking because I wanted to see where these demons would be because I just knew this power 
So I went and looked down immediately and they were all gone. Even Satan ran like a scaredy cat. And then all of a sudden, God, he takes me with his right hand and he reaches down. And I think I like to call it Sheol. (laughs) He reaches down and grabs me. And I remember specifically, I'll never forget going right back up into my body. And then I'm laying in the hospital bed and I'm going, what's going on? Because of this experience. And then I heard the beeping of the machines. And so I was like, oh, I'm in the hospital. And then um, right then the clouds all covered the ceiling. (laughs) It was the most majestic thing that only God could do. And they all covered the ceiling. And all of a sudden, here comes this hand again. (laughs) And he reaches in and he grabs me and he takes me out of my body. And I still look like myself, but I was like uh, clear at that point. Not perfected yet, but clear. And I still uh, didn't get a chance to see his face yet. Because, And I'll explain that um, in a few minutes. But I, as soon as he grabbed me, he took me and like an arrow went and shoot me up to the sky. And as soon as I went up to the sky, I went like that. And, and then I had one angel on each side that were just magnificent and huge. I get so excited telling this part. It's so exciting me <laughs> still to this very day, uh, cusping under each elbow. And they went and flew me up um, through the sky and through the universe. So I got to see all the planets. I got to fly past the sun. I got to see all the just, I think if you can look at outer space, and not think of God, that is crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, it is just so incredible, his handiwork. And so we went flying. And as soon as we got down there, I, and me the whole time trying to see these angels' faces, because I just want to see who are the guys that can do this, <laughs> you know? And so, but then they dropped me off, and I knew it was a, a place, like a type city, but it was, um, it had a flat, like it was bottom, you know, like bottom of it. And so I below that, but, and it shone so bright, like the sun, like it shone so bright that you can't even see it until you're in it. So, mm. um, yeah, it was so cool. And so they, they dropped me off and I go like this immediately trying to see <laughs> who they are. And, uh, um, and I never did see their faces, but that's okay. Um, so then I get to, then I went up in an, like an elevator type. And it's so crazy because I just heard a guy talking recently of going downward that way. But mm-hmm. I went upward. Thank God I was saved. Mm-hmm. I went upward and and I knew instantly that I was perfecting like God was perfecting me at that moment. And um, because of when I when I stood there. I stood there and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, How do you grasp something like that when you come from here? You know, right. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I was like, what's going on? And I started going like this on the floor, you know, and and then that was the first time I heard God's magnificent voice. And it's all telepathic, by the way, too. But he said, he said, you no longer have to fear. That alone, people, we don't realize how many thoughts we have on earth. We don't realize how scared we are over just the smallest thing and how the demon demonic influence is just all the time on earth until you get there and you have no more thoughts. You have nothing but love. And when he told me that, I realized that um, I had this influx of just perfection over my body go over me and the feeling of uh, 
just excitement, energy, love, um, everything. I can't even, the only word I've ever been able to describe it was ecstasy. And that seems so dirty (laughs) compared to this place. Hmm. Well, I start running because I've never been able to run well on earth because of my heart Hmm. problems, like I said. And I start running. And then all of a sudden, my feet go off the floor. (laughs) And then I circle heaven's gates four times. And I only, I mainly knew this because I could count when I came back the number or after a little while after I came back, I was able to count again. But I was able to count the number of tracers. Um, So I ran so fast that it was like the speed of light. So you had like tracers that follow you (laughs) because you're running so fast. And like you don't even see your feet move. (laughs) So you just. So I did all that. And then um, this is a place of simultaneous time. So you don't. It's just crazy to try to explain something like that. You know, all the events because I have God bless me with so many, many details. so during all this, at the same time, I saw my children. I had lost two children, um, one in around approximately, you know, 1990. And then so I saw her there. And it was so funny because God told me that she would run. Uh, I lost her in miscarriage. And um, but God told me that she would run to the Crystal Lakes. They have Crystal Lakes there. And she would run there every morning. And what was so funny is I thought, you know, I know there's at least as far as I know, there was no night there. So to have a morning was a kind of, kind of a different um, concept for me. <laughs> so I was like, but then I read in scripture, they talk about the morning in heaven. And, but she would run to the lake every morning. She runs there and feeds hummingbirds and butterflies out of her hand. And they just all gather all the girls and, and play with birds and butterflies. And then, um, I also saw just over the gates. I didn't enter the gates, Um, but I because that's where I believe the community lived, Um, because that's where I saw the angels building mansions, for example, were behind the gates. Um, I saw uh, billions of babies, billions. Um, I saw our pets. I saw every animal that we ever loved on there in there. Um, I saw. Animals were more than people, but babies were more than any kind of people. Um, but there was two ladies standing inside the gates. And this was a cool story because I didn't know either one of these ladies when they were younger because they were my ex's uh, grandmothers. And one had died 10 years before we met and the other 20 years before we met. Well, these two women were standing at the gates and one had a clipboard and she was there were these cute little tiny little angels <laughs> and they were each holding the side of my bow and with all the favorite colors I could ever imagine all my favorite color being put into one one color basically it was hard to explain but they hang up the bows at the top for they were getting ready for me or or I possibly think that it could be because God knew I was coming back to tell you to tell people um so they were hanging all these bows and the gold gate was 75 feet tall and it was solid gold, the door. It was just, wow. And God told me that, that it was 75 feet tall. And so they were flying to the top of this these walls and the around the gates and, and hanging decorations. And then one of the more outspoken ladies um, goes, Camille's here, Camille's here. And then all these hundreds of people came gathering. 
And I remember the first thing I thought was, how or how could I have affected that? No way I affected that many people on earth. I just thought, there's no way, because <laughs> it was hundreds of people. And um, and then at the very back of the line, I'll never forget it. It's so special to me. And I always cry on this part, but I saw my little boy. I saw um, this little boy crawling at the back, and he died. Um, I had a miscarriage in 2010 in May, and uh, I had him in the restroom, in the bathroom, and I just remember being so brokenhearted. And then, so he's crawling at the back, and I just said, I just said, who's that? And God said, that's your son. And he was crawling, but I do think he was older because my daughter, Jamil, she was um, the exact age she would have been on earth there. So that would have been like, I think at that time, like 23 or something. And um, because um, it was 2013, she died around 1990. So, and then um, I saw him and he had these big puffy curls, like his mom. His, I actually have a picture of me when I was little that looked the exact same way, <laughs> my hair. It was so funny. And I was like, oh gosh, he got the curly hair. <laughs> but um, he had blue eyes. And I thought that was kind of strange because me and Trevor both had um, uh, dark eyes. But his granddad, and, and that's quite common, I guess, because I researched it. Believe me, I researched everything. <laughs> so I researched that, and it's quite common that uh, children take after their grandparents with blue eyes. And his dad has the most beautiful blue eyes. But as he's crawling, oh, <laughs> I just remember seeing him. And, and then I could see the little boys all day playing. And they would... Um, <laughs> they play with, they all get when they're of age to do so, which I believe is really young because Solomon had one. They all get assigned like little animals, like their favorite kind of animals. So like, for example, Solomon had a black tiger and his eyes were blue like Solomon's. And I don't know if that's mean, meant anything, but I saw that was interesting. And then they would all have tigers and bears, all the boys. <laughs> And they would play with them and wrestle and just have fun and and with each other. And I remember there were just these huge trees of fruit everywhere. And this was the coolest thing was that the fruit came, but it had no skin or, or mess. So there wasn't any juice that you had to clean up. It was just the strangest thing. <laughs> but uh, but I got to see that. And I remember people after they died, um, they would be sitting there telling stories on earth. And we think our life is so meaningless sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. Our life is amazing. They think it's like, we think the biggest blockbuster is on, on, on the, in the movie theater. So they would gather. I saw all these groups of angels gathered around new individuals that would tell their stories of honor, their time on earth. And um, I just thought that was so amazing. <laughs> I just love that because it helped me to realize how how blessed we are to be here that this is not like God says, it's not a mistake, mm -hmm. you know, that we're here and, and to cherish that because someday we're going to be able to excite the angels <laughs> with it. Mm -hmm. So exciting to them. Well, I was running around doing all my thing. And then, uh, um, I, I remember, uh, sitting on the steps and this is, one of the most important, there's so many, I can't, honestly, I can't say anything's least important <laughs> about being in heaven because it's all just incredible that I got to see. But um, 
I remember sitting at the steps of the throne room and this was outside, right outside the gate. And, um, and I remember sitting there and, and looking around and just going, going, how can it be? How can it be that I'm here? I just couldn't believe it. And God, I said, God, I had sin. I didn't ask for forgiveness for it before I died. And this still just touches me so much. But I said, I had sin. I never asked for forgiveness for and before I died. And he said, he said, it's because of the blood. <laughs> That's all he said. I said, but I had addiction still. I had things I hadn't overcome. And he, and he just, because he's huge. And we literally, I was telling my testimony to a group last Sunday night uh, with my church. And um, I said, I said, we literally are like his children. Like he's so huge <laughs> that we look standing next to him. We look like little children. And, um, and so his huge self, <laughs> he's sitting on his throne. Jesus is right by him. He's petting a lion. I'll describe in a minute. But he reaches down with his huge hand and points at my face and goes, and make no mistake, Camille, I know everyone's heart. Mm. And then I was like, mm. wait, <laughs> because um, there's a lot of things I've, I've struggled with. I'm not going to lie. I've had several, you know, different kinds of addictions throughout my life. I've had. Um, a lot that I've had to overcome. The spirit of um, suicide was assigned to me at an early age, which uh, I've conquered through being at a Bible um, teaching, healing spirit, Holy Spirit filled church, which is what I think everybody needs because that's how you heal. And then a place doesn't believe in healing. Guess what? There's not a lot of healing. So um, find a good church that you're comfortable in. You know, they exist. I have a fantastic one in Sutherland, Oregon called the Father's House. And um, yeah, uh, you can find a place. But but I remember battling with those addictions. And I was I was pretty I was good when at the point that I thought I had died. But what had happened was, is I had to be on these pain medication, this pain medication, because uh, my body, um, I had a severe blood infection. Um what happened was I lived in a house um, that was tested for and positive for the 1% toxic mold that really kills everybody within five years. So the fact that's just another miracle. But um, so uh, during this time, I would get these bubbly rashes. I still have scars on my arms, but and I would itch them because they were so dang itchy and it went in septic and then it went on my blood or in my bloodstream and I had a pacemaker. I've had a pacemaker. Um, I had one since I was 18. And with this pacemaker, it got on there and it got it, the infection went into my leads and gave it a direct highway into my heart, which caused our endocarditis. Mm. So, um, so with this blood infection, I was just in a terrible amount of pain. And so I would try to quit these pills because, you know, so many there's so many religious type thinkers out there that really scare a lot of people off from God's true grace and salvation and what the blood does. For example, I didn't even really know, <laughs> you know, I knew that I was saved. Thank God. Um, I knew that he died for me so I could go to heaven, but I didn't realize the extent of it, that power of the blood. And um, until I came back when he said, it's the blood, I came back and I studied the heck out of it. <laughs> and um, it's just amazing. But I had, that one pain pill addiction and thought I would probably go 
I hate even saying that word, but to hell, I thought I would probably go to hell. That's probably another reason I just thought I'm after the third realm being kicked out of there, I said, I'm right above hell. And I said, I guess I'm going to hell now. And uh, so, but God just, he knows our hearts. And I cried and I knew I'd be going to heaven soon uh, because of what the doctors had told me. And I would just cry and, and tell him, I really hope I can quit these so I don't have to go anywhere bad. Or, um, and, you know, he just expressed to me that, that he knew every tear I cried. And it's about our heart, people. It's not about can we do everything perfectly because we never can. I am a firm believer in First Corinthians 6, 9, though. You know, fornicators, adulterers, drunkards. You know, all that kind of stuff. I do believe that. That's not what I'm saying here. But I'm saying the things that we're trying and we're trying to overcome. He knows that. He knows what we're trying to overcome. And he gives us grace. And I just I just thank God for that grace every single day. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there's just so many things, you know, like he um, and he was just beautiful. But he was. He looked older, but not our earthly old, you know, and I remember his hair when I came back trying to describe his hair and it went down his back and it made a perfect U. And I I don't know why that always struck me, that perfect U shape. And then I thought um, I would tell people about it and I would say, it's not gray like earth. It's like white and it's this or that, you know, it was white. And then I read many years, you know, a few years later. His just stumbled on his hair is made of wool. <laughs> and another thing, I remember him always answering my question, except when I asked those, the one about how can it be that I'm here? But every other question he would answer by the second or third word. Mm-hmm. And the, those two ladies behind the gates, <laughs> this is a neat story. Um, my, I described them when I came back because everyone who, at least to me, you know, I never want to say anything outside God would, because um, when you meet them, you'll know why. So you get scared <laughs> to say anything that's not possibly misinterpreted or anything. So, but what I could see is that everyone that came there past Christ's age returned to that age. And so the women I would describe um, to my ex were, um, they were, I just gave perfect descriptions of them and their character, uh, like their habits, you know, things I would have never known. And he said to one of them, he said, that's my grandma Pansy. And I remember the year before I died, um, he made me after I lost Solomon. um, I was really devastated for a long time. I had a horrible postpartum, even at four and a half months. It was just really weird. Um, But he made me this uh, tree trunk that had a heart. And in the heart, he planted um, a pansy. And I remember that pansy was blooming in the winter. (laughs) And I just, the year before I died. And I thought that was so strange. But then I come back and he said, that's my grandma pansy. And I just thought, well, you know, I I don't know, you know, until we go through storage stuff one day. And uh, he had all these pictures I'd never seen of his family and such. And I'm, I'm going through them and I see this redheaded pretty lady in her 30s. And I said, that's her. That's her. And I have no idea who it was. And he goes, that's my grandma Pansy. <laughs> so, yeah. That was her. yeah. And um, unfortunately, wow. 
um, my my ex is a, is an addict, and uh, so we were kind of on two different wavelengths. I came back, and and I've had people ask me before, "How do you know if someone's telling the truth with a near death experience?" I said, "Because they change. <laughs> if there is no change in them, then don't. I wouldn't really believe anything they say, honestly. But if they come back and it affected them, so I was." a completely different person when I came back. Not everything was um, just lighthearted anymore. I woke up um, from the hospital and the first thought I had was, oh my God, it was all a lie. And that was all this fake stuff of the world, all the looks, all the cars, all the money, all the friends, you know, that are godly. Um, All the things that Satan on, you know, the enemy, the prince of this world tells us, tells us or the God of this world tells us that is important. So you can guarantee what the TV tells you is important (laughs) is the complete opposite. So, um, so that really startled me and I changed a lot. Um, But I found out some things, you know, he was, um, he was actually cheating on me in the hospital and uh, just some terrible, terrible things that, we were just kind of two different people at that point because I wasn't mm-hmm. go loving, do whatever you want. And I'll believe anything you say. I, I spoke to the Holy spirit a lot. I have a lot of discernment now. Um, and you can't get away from that. And I wouldn't want to, <laughs> I know things now that I, I would have never five years ago. And so I just, um, I thank God for the movement in my life. Um, and, uh, and just everything he's done. It's just incredible. <laughs> Yes. Wow, Camille. Thank you so much for sharing that. Can you go into a little bit about the after uh, effects that you had gone through some things and what the Lord spoke to you? Yeah. So one of the things that happened was with the change was extreme depression. And that is common a lot. I mean, you go to see God, for goodness sake. (laughs) You know, I I literally, um, when he told me he I had to come back, it literally broke a heart there, like a crystal heart fell and just shattered. And so I was, and he got up from his throne <laughs> and God himself came and walked with me. Okay. And I mm-hmm. couldn't believe that. And to this day, that is my absolute hands down favorite part of going to heaven was that that God, the, and I remember him standing up and saying, no way the maker of everything cares if I'm hurt. Well, that God got up from his throne and he said to me later, I do that every time one of my beloved is hurt, but they just don't see it. Mm -hmm. So I came back from that and I was devastated. Mm -hmm. And so and then you had I had all the PTSD because I will never forget what those beings did to me um, on the way to hell. So um, I was just absolutely devastated. I remember I cried exactly. I'll never forget it for two and a half years almost to the day of when I came back and I was in my bathroom because it was so just completely ridiculous anymore that I would cry every day. And so I went to my bathroom to cry. And then the Lord said one thing that changed everything. And he said, well, Camille, if you are still drinking and carousing like you used to be, you'd be dead and in hell right now. So it's time for you to get up and share what I've done. And it was like, you're talking to me now. Yeah. It was that clear. And when you told me that, I just want to share. When you told me that, I had shared with you that uh, I, I was like, I have to tell Camille this. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you told me that that significant thing that he spoke to you, 
God brought me to a scripture in Luke that I just want to read. And it's Luke 21, 34 that says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Wow. Because that's how it went to it. When I got sick, I had in my unsaved days, I had been so naive to think that, well, when it happens, I'll know. And so I'll just ask for forgiveness then and I'll mean it because I'm dying. Right. So I know I'll mean it. And uh, but when it happened, I had no time, absolutely no time to to think about that, (laughs) about God at all. I mean, I just was done. It just that was it. So um, I love that. I love that it says that it would close on a trap because that's how it would have been. And I would be dead in hell. And uh, that's why I hunger. It's like a um, spiritual, like since I came back to only do this. Well, not only I, I love the kids, too, and do some other things. But my main thing has always been I got to share the God that I met, <laughs> that it's not about us being perfect. It's not. It, it's about trying. I mean, he knows your heart. So we can't just, you know, figure out, you know, we'll do it when we die, you know, because he'll know your heart then, too, that you're just doing it because you're dying. So <laughs> it's just so incredible. And and the blessings he's given me, I can't even tell you. I'm spreading my story four years after I left the most abusive marriage. And that I even told my father, and my dad uh, the other day that. That was the hardest thing I ever did. <laughs> it wasn't um, even my leg and all that. It was leaving a man that I had loved for many years. And um, because I knew that at that point, um, well, God had told me honestly that he would kill me. So <laughs> he laid hands on me once and God said, next time you're not going, he's going to, something's going to happen and you're not coming back is what God said. And so um, I started the process of leaving. I left with $43 and and uh, found a just by the grace of God only found a place, a little ranch to hide at for a mm-hmm. while. But um, yeah, just and so I got that. I got I met the most amazing Christian man who mm-hmm. supports me and loves me so much. And I have a great job, which he would always say, you can't work. I was in my wheelchair all the time when with my ex all the time because he would put me down and say that I was so weak. Right. You know, I haven't spent one day, not one day in that wheelchair since I left him wow. <laughs> four years ago. Wow. On the yeah. No wow. What a beautiful transformation. It was like yeah. you were at your lowest of lows. Yeah. You had this experience encounter in hell and heaven. And then you come back and you realize, did you feel like you're, decision-making and everything was sharper to be able to make the decisions he wanted you to make. And he gave you the strength to do that. Yeah. And I'm in leadership now, or I'm in leadership training now at my church. And, um, and then I also teach the little ones, God's little ones. I totally love. (laughs) And I think that you can have many callings, you know, as long as you're like my uh, pastor, Cammie, um, she was saying to me last night that as long as you're obedient, which makes so much sense. As long as you're obedient to what he asks of you and you serve, guess what? He's going to have more things that you can do and give you more opportunities just mm-hmm. like this. You know, amazing. Yeah. And Camille, these experiences that you've been through, the traumatic hell, glorious mm-hmm. heaven, 
And now being here back today, what is your biggest takeaway? Oh, that he's with us all the time. (laughs) That he, God, and that we are so much, we are worth so much more than we could ever imagine. That's why it's really my heart in church to um, go move toward new believers and new um, new congregants uh, or people that attend because uh, because they need to know, <laughs> you know, that you don't want to go to this other place. I mean, and, and that the total opposite is ready for you and wants you, you know, mm-hmm. and worthless. I, feel, I looked it up. I remember when I first left um, my ex, I was so devastated and you wouldn't even recognize me, honestly, um, if I showed you a picture, but I was so devastated. And I remember thinking I was worthless all the time. And then God told me, God told me to look up the meaning of the word worthless, the biblical meaning of the word worthless. And you know what that means? It means one who doesn't know God. (laughs) So, yeah. So that's the only way we can be that way. So first of all, if you know God and you love God, because that's the same thing, then you're not Mm. worthless. (laughs) And Mm. if you don't, then get there because Mm. he's waiting for you. And it's a lot easier than we think. We just pray (laughs) and find a church that loves, that teaches real God. 